part. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Um, do you want to share a second? You have up to 10 minutes per set and probably longer if we're the only three people here. Um, yeah, give me one second. Okay, yeah, this one's more depressing and it doesn't have a title yet because it's just one that I typed up at midnight laying on my phone. Um, laying awake, my chest pounds as memories pound at my forehead and echo. Cracks start to show through, taking the form of stiff lines, wrinkles in an otherwise youth youthful visage. As I fixate, the panic sets in again. I attempt to stand, to run from the fear, but dizziness takes root. I fall to my knees, hit the floor, and my chest tightens still further. I'm crying, can't explain why. Should I call it ambulance? A caring voice, frustrated, lack of understanding plain. He doesn't know what's happening to me, has never met this pain I know all too well. He rolls me to my back and asks over and over and over, what can I do? I don't know. How can I help? I don't know. What do you need? I don't know. I need it all to stop. Um, I made a statement. For starters, this isn't a critique. This is just words are funny. Is it visage or visage? I've always heard visage. visage. Is that right? Why do I always think visage? I don't know. Is it? I, I had French Makes class in high school, like but I felt French like I thought thing. that before French class. Sounds like massage, and then we get into weird territory. Okay, yeah. maybe that's why I think it. I, know, I think Americans pronounce it visage. I don't know how other people pronounce it. Oh, I mean, it's not like I'm not American. <laughs> it says so on the pieces of paper my parents gave me. Uh... <laughs> I don't know, your skin looks a little green. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's you my funky infrared camera I didn't know I had on this computer till I logged into this the first time. I can switch it to a real camera, but this is cooler. Yeah, this is cooler. Uh, plus it makes my face look like, you know, palatable. That's why you stick with the gray screen, that's my life. <laughs> I can bring up the mood or keep bit depressing and sad. Do you have a new depressing and sad one? No, I got nothing new. Um, Old depressing and sad ones? Yeah. It's your I mean, choice, it's all Josh. new to Starla. All right. Um, what's a, okay, okay, so since this will be the first time you hear me read, what's a classic, uh, Ryan? Uh, oh, damn it. Uh, Breakwall? Or TRNT? Okay. Although I do like the one about the ceiling. I don't know if that's in any of these books. Uh, it's one of your originals. Yeah. Um, it's nonsense, but I like it, is that one. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. To my child yet to be conceived. All right, yeah. All right, we'll start with this one. TRNT, in memory of Gil Scott Heron. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will be live, streaming through your windows, laptops, and smartphones. The revolution will be blogged, tweeted, liked, shared, reblogged, and retweeted, and stumbled upon in between midnight masturbatory sessions and sandwiched in between funny cat memes. 
The resolution will be HD. The evolution will be high speed. Whistles will be blown with frequency. Um, the revolution will be commented on, scrutinized, vandalized, vandalized, stylized, and advertised. People will pay attention. People will forget to mention that some stand up, occupy, riot, and die. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will be streaming live through the filter of your choice. The facts will be democratized. The democracy will be corporatized. Corporations personified, people objectified, spied on, and villainized. The powers that be will lie, deny, and try to justify. These citizens will be disenfranchised. Prisons will be privatized. Death drones will be utilized, and no one will bat an eye because reality will be synthesized. Television will be fiction. Uh, oh, uh, Synthesized as and televised as fiction, real, realized between, uh, realized the line between, uh, the line between pulverized, institutional trust did, uh, fragmentized. The revolution will be amplified, its narrative will be simplified, sanitized, rationalized, and the violence will be normalized. Lives sacrificed to satiate the golden calf's appetite. The revolution will be televised, will not be televised, but Jerry Springer will. You can go figure. I forgot I altered some of those lines. I they I was not ready for like like a good chunk of that was like I I changed it in between the old one and the Octopart version. Was it? Huh. Yeah, it was changed. Uh, a little bit was changed enough that like my performance was totally thrown off because like I changed two stanzas and I forgot entirely because I the uh, which version one. do I have in Analog Kingdom then? I have no idea. I should, if there's multiple versions, I should have multiple versions because the Analog Kingdom has multiple versions without telling people there's different versions. I mean, you, if you have the stuff for Aquatorp, you have the other version. No, I need to write that down. Damn it. Okay. Next piece I will do. I have like four different versions of uh, the End of Monsters in it. Mm -hmm. The Wishing Well Tattoo. There's this tattoo I wish to get if I ever get rid of this fear of making decisions. It's this little girl, maybe seven years old or so. She's holding on to an aged dandelion by its neck. Her eyes are closed, but open to a whole other world. She shoots a wish toward it. With every muscle in the body she doesn't know the name of yet, the seeds get propelled across my back transform into the shooting stars they always dreamed they'd be. Somewhere below, on an otherwise empty beach, there are a couple teenagers discovering themselves inside one another. They kiss and tell no one. The blanket promises to keep its secret, and the sand sneaks into places it knows it's unwelcome. They are drunk on the passion of the moment. She is lost in the stars. She wants to gently scoop those lights from the sky and seal them in a mason jar and watch them do their cosmic dance around each other to remind herself of how small she feels under them and how amazing it felt to be everything and nothing at the same time. She holds her breath, closing her eyes and sending up a wish in the music of young lust. Meanwhile, on my rightmost shoulder blade, there's a man, there's an older man looking down a wishing well at the two young lovers play, smiling at his memories, which like the ink are fading. A wish falls out of his mouth and speeds down into the darkness. It bounces off the back of the boy's head and is gobbled up by the greedy sand. I forgot I was on mute. <laughs> 
I mean, I, I can, that's all I'll do for now. We can pop over to Ryan. I'll, I'll pull up some stuff later. All right. So uh, I'm going to do a little bit of a different thing here. Um, I'm getting sick of my own shit. There's only so many times I can masturbate on the mic. Is that thing sanitized? <laughs> no one else to touch it. It's socially distanced from you. Um, so, Josh, you're aware of this, but I'll explain it. Um, I made a book a while back called The Analog Kingdom. Uh, it was a guidebook to a sculpture I built, which is a throne of TVs. Um, it's kind of a loose story about uh, this alternate universe or this universe between the universes where all discarded imagination goes until it's recycled again. Um, it's got the aesthetic of uh, junkyard anarchy, monarchy with corporate satire and sometimes a dash of nerf punk. Um, it's ruled by the Destructa King, which is a character I invented um, from our Destructicon events. I am currently working on the second book, which is just going to be a collection of stories that don't necessarily connect. The main theme in a lot of them is that these were stories that we never finished. Mm. Um, we had ideas for, we had maps for, and I personally don't have the ability or time to write all of them. So what I'm going to do is commission writers to do it and set that up as a uh, crowdfunding campaign so that each person who donates to it donates specifically to the story they want written. And whenever that amount is reached that the writer wants to charge for that story, it'll get written and then uh, they get first access to it. Um, so what I want to do is kind of just list about a couple, I don't know, maybe five of the ideas. Um, I would love to engage people in conversation. So Josh, you can open up the mics to everyone. Um, so rather than performing, I'm going to kind of just have a shortish discussion and throw the ideas out of what you guys think about them. Hang on, I am looking for it right now. So, uh, Josh, you, I have Starla muted. Do, can you unmute her? I mean, she can unmute herself if she wants. Oh, okay. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I unmuted myself. Okay, my bad. I thought you'd like you had the master, like, whatever. Oh. All right. So, I'm tired of reading my own crap. So, that's basically the gist of this statement. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So, this story was already written. I already have this one done. Um, this was invented by my jigsaw technique. Uh, it's called Lord's Temple Basement Men. Um, and it's a religious ceremony slash poetry reading slash theology lesson hosted by the man. It is built from pieces of quotes taken at poetry readings, various literary sources, and new content. So, Josh, you've heard this one, and it has at least four different versions. Yeah. So I've probably heard this one, but it's also chances I haven't. Um, well, I'm not going to actually read it. No, but you're not going to read it? Okay. I'm not reading it because it's long. If we get later in the show, I will actually read it. Right now, I'm okay. just going down yeah. ideas. But I wanted to oh. start with one that okay. actually exists in case anyone wants an example okay. of something I've done on that. Wait, so what, what's going on? <laughs> I'm having a discussion about literary ideas. 
I'm going to throw okay. story ideas out there and you guys tell me what you think about them. Um, okay. I thought we were doing the reading. No. We are doing a poetry reading, but I, okay. I don't want to read my poetry. So, so instead you're taking your turn to do a workshop? I mean, that's fine. I it's just not necessarily a workshop, a workshop because I don't expect anything out of it. It's more like a, uh, a literary discussion. Because I, I don't intend or have a goal of gleaning anything other than throwing out some cool ideas and seeing what people think. That's it. Okay. All right. So I have uh, no strong opinion about that um, <laughs> prompt. Okay. That's fine. Starla, your thoughts? None so far. Okay. That's good. That's fine. Um, I'm just, I'm self-marketing myself. I keep losing what I'm doing. All right, Josh. This one is yours. Okay. The playground. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I have your, the concept description you gave me. Mm -hmm. It has come and spread across the land, absorbing all those it touches. Children in, have inherited the world and survival in the playground is not just another game. And I have invented two characters for his world called Narf and Boss, a brother team obsessed with bygone pop culture. Boss takes up the cigar-chomping sexist stereotype common in the 50s. Narf is a mostly silent, tall, autistic, analog TV tech savant. So there you go. Yeah. The playground world is really interesting, and it's fun to play around with. I, I actually want to turn it into something at some point like an actual books or whatever right now it's just kind of a a conceptual conceptual thing and i've used it as a dnd setting a few different times but yeah basically it's the disease that takes out humanity um follows the rules of tag so you, you get touched you're it and then you feel the, com the urge to com you're compelled to touch um other people to spread it to them and then over time you lose your mind and basically become a zombie but the the difference being this from it and zombies is that it has a hive mind intelligence so if one of them sees you all the ones in that area see you so it's crazy but then the whole thing evolved into everything in this world kind of has a playground um school school girl uh school game like aesthetic so there's like these walled off sanctuaries called oxen free safe zones like ollie ollie oxen free and and anytime you can squeeze in like a pun like that it's awesome in that world um yeah i guess ryan has taken it up upon himself to make characters for the world which is cool i like narf and boss they're dope um <laughs> You can, Josh and uh, I have both cosplayed those characters. Yeah. Um, so the second book is going to be called The Analog Renaissance. Um, it's going to be art zine style. So, you know, photos of the characters would be in it. Each of the stories are going to be like a one to five page short. Um, like Josh said, he wanted to really would like to see that developed and would like its own series. That's one motivation of the book is to get the people interested in little short snippets of your stories to see if somebody else would want to 
or if you would even generate enough interest to make it its own thing. As well as to get different fresh ideas on someone else's um, ideas. Like uh, the reason I'm doing this here now is because if this inspires anyone, any of these ideas, you're welcome to write about any of these ideas. You can steal them and send them back to us. So, Darla, I'm looking to see if you have any opinions you wish to share. Not at the moment. It's hard to get a grasp of it without like seeing the writing or like being immersed in that world. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the yeah. one, the the like playground that you were just talking about, um, the whole concept. I don't know if you guys watch Buffy, but I'm obsessed, and it reminds me of a couple plot lines throughout Buffy, so it sounds very interesting. Mm. Cool. Yeah, I don't know 100% sure what I'm doing with it, but while it while it's still in this like, it's been gestating for like not eight years now, but. I mean, didn't you, uh, you, you started like a, what, a couple paragraphs or something of, of like a little plot line for it? Yeah, I, I have, I have a, it's had many versions of existence um, that haven't fully come to fruition. And we also have that, uh, we have a video of the playground, like a little news report. Yeah. But anyways, um, alrighty then. Uh, I want to throw one more out. Okay. Um, I got a pile of them. I don't know what I want to do something new that was just a quote. Um, so this one is called Just Let Me Play. Um, and this was an idea that was kicked as like a throwaway idea by Mark Bernardin mm -hmm. on an episode of Black Man Beyond. Um, if you're not familiar with that, he is a co-host of a show with Kevin Smith. Mm -hmm. um, they do weekly... Uh, called Fat Man Beyond, and when he was out doing the tour for his latest movie, he took it over and called it Black Man Beyond. Mm. So, so one of the people in the audience had asked them to come up with an idea for something, and this is what he threw out with no real intention of like it being a real thing. So the quote that starts it is, just let me play and what needs to happen in the world will. A man whose music will literally change the world. A pianist that when he plays influences change in the world. So people would come to him to ask favors and he plays and somehow whatever he does slowly will bring to fruition in some way, shape or another what the person wants, but it may not be in the way they think it is. Hmm. That's cool. So that's one of those ideas that somebody could take and run with where you just get the idea and if a writer's interested in it, they get signed up on the project and tell us how much they want to get paid to write it. So there you go. That's what I did with my turn. Was okay. to pimp myself. All right. Um, Starla, <laughs> you want to go again? Yeah, I can. Um, so to preface this, does either, have either of you written or read or heard of a Paradell? Paradigm. No. It sounds familiar, but I've, I've never written about it for sure. And um, what it literally means is a parody of a villanelle. Oh, okay. So okay. Oh, okay. So technically, um, 
uh, there might be giants is uh, don't hate the villain, hate the villain L is a Paradell. Uh, I like it. Not necessarily because the Paradell has a stupid strict format. So does the villain L. <laughs> yeah, that's the point is to mock the stupid strict format of the villain L. Oh, so this great. is very repetitive, but uh -huh. that's for a reason. And I actually, so what it is, the first two lines are the same. Third and fourth lines are the same. Fifth and sixth lines of each stanza are all those same words, but rearranged. Hmm. Oh, I actually <laughs> kind of like it. It sounds awful and grotesque, but when you sit down and write it and click and drag words to fit, you come up with really cool descriptions. Yeah. Oh, I imagine so. Villanelles are so hard, but like I might, I might try a parallel. Um, if you Google it, I think it's only been a thing for like five, ten years. But if you Google yeah, it, you can sense. find the formatting rules, and it's really fun. I've done okay. a few of them, but this one is called Mindless Reprieve. To sit in the dark is my sanctuary. To sit in the dark is my sanctuary. A bleak and quiet peace of mind. A bleak and quiet mm -hmm. peace of mind. Mind is bleak, a sanctuary of quiet to sit and in the dark, my peace. I watch the shadows crawl. I watch the shadows crawl. Mindless movements across pale walls. Mindless movements across pale walls. Pale movements crawl across the shadows walls. Mindless, I watch. The emptiness, less a burden, more a reprieve. The emptiness, less a burden, more a reprieve. My mind stops spinning to let the world in. My mind stops spinning to let the world in. Let less to my mind, more in the emptiness. A burden stops, a reprieve, the spinning world. Mm. Emptiness stops the bleak movements. Pale shadows watch my dark peace. Across spinning walls, I sit in a sanctuary. A world is the reprieve to the quiet. Less of a crawl and more let in to burden my mind, the mind, mindless. And that the last... Dope. The last stanza was really weird, sorry, but that's because all of the words from the first three stanzas, you take every single one of those and then rearrange them in the final stanza using only those words. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that's crazy. I love it. It's so fun, though. It turned out so good, too. Like, oh, that's cool. Well, thank you. Um, I just have one more, and sorry, it's going to be depressing again. That's cool. <laughs> um... I wrote this one after one of my best friends attempted suicide. It's called Tattoo. Did you know the word tattoo originated as Tattoo, a sound based on a militant drum beat, one I can hear perfectly in the sound of a needle berating my skin, the pattern that I designed being etched into the pale placement I picked for it. Sometimes that perfect pattern of pokes is enough to settle a racing mind. That tap two of the tattoo is a calming force in a panicked life. The day I called a friend and she didn't answer, my heart stopped. Minutes later on the phone with her parents, my heart broke. Hearing about her secrets, her hidden pains, put me in a state of eruption. Terror, desolation, anger, guilt came spilling out of me for days. The sounds of colors of the wind on repeat in the back of my mind, a constant reminder of our connection and my fear of losing her. We are all connected to each other in a circle, in a hoop that never ends. Now that constant reminder is etched on my forearm, no longer a deliberate Disney song, now a tribute to the people who are a part of me and the Pocahontas playlist has stopped. The therapy is working. That's all I got. 
Okay. I love that. That was good. That was really good. What do you think? What What should I do from everything to finish it, Ryan? Uh, crap, I don't remember everything that's in that book. What's in that book, Josh? Um, All-American, Footnote, Elegy for Childhood, Finding Zen. Oh, All-American. I already answered it. All-American, since you read all to your American. earlier. It okay. goes with it. Oh, well, then I'll have to do All-American and the Footnote. Oh, darn. Okay. 30. I am all American, as American as apple pie, flavored hookah smoke, as candy coated cancer sticks, double cheeseburgers, bacon vodka, and fixed diets. I am all American, as American as county fairs, as elephant ears, cotton candy, tractor poles, and country music, as American as block parties, ice cream trucks, backyard barbecues, sidewalk chalk, hip chalk. Sidewalk, chalk, hip hop, and hopscotch. I am all American. As American as success stories, as montages set to classic rock, as triumphant underdogs, as American as ramen noodles for a month straight, as late rent, as eviction notices, locked doors, and keys that no longer open them, as stray dogs begging for their lives as the city puts them down. I am all American. As American as Saturday morning cartoons, as Sunday mass, as mass murder in Sunday schools, as Monday morning announcements and moments of static silence. I am all American. As American as booming Silicon Valley and crumbling Detroit. As American as the moon landing and the trail of tears. As slave-owning freedom fighters fathering our nation. I am all American. As American as hunger strikes and hunger pangs. As American as hope that persists against all odds and escape at all costs, I am all American. As American as Southern hospitality, as police brutality, as color blindness, blind spots, political incorrectness, as American as trigger warnings and trigger fingers. I am all American. As American as stop and frisk policies, as dead children, as grieving mothers, as white hot guilt sitting, sitting corrosive inside an officer's gut, as American as I swear to God, I thought he had a gun. I am all American. As American as dreadlocks and mullets, as deadbolts and bullets, as fireworks and drone strikes. I am free and in debt. I am privileged and yet left wanting. I am a patchwork quilt of a, made of America's scraps, a union divided in more ways than there are breaths in a lifetime. And parts of it are ugly, and you will want to look away, but you should not. So isn't it beautiful how, it con how we constantly keep a uh, we constantly seem to be on the verge of falling apart, but somehow we manage to hold ourselves together. I am all American. Footnote to all American or re Orlando. Their bodies had yet to cool into corpses. Their phones were still singing in their pockets with mothers, brothers, sisters, fathers, sons and daughters on the other end of those ropes, holding on to holy hopeless, holy hope. The whole city of hearts were suspended mid-beat. And the news was already gathering about what, gathering on about what this might mean for the upcoming election. 
Is this where we've arrived? Is this what we've become so comfortably numb that we follow the script? We know it by heart. We point our fingers so righteous and smart and scream about walls and quarantine and about them and us. And we sharpen our tongues to duel about guns and their rights. But we somehow forget that the first act in this play needs to be one of empathy. What happened to us? Once united in the dust of fallen buildings, now in the face of yet another catastrophe, we can barely shed a tear as we ready for another uncivil war. Watch it play out again and again and again. This poem isn't, is about what happened in Orlando, but it could easily be about any of them. The ones that we've already stopped hashtagging about and the ones still beyond the horizon. I can't help but wonder if students from of 21st century American tragedy would mix up dates and names like Revolutionary War Battles. Was Sandy Hook the Black Church of the Gay Nightclub? Was Trayvon killed by a cop or a radical extremist? Was that a white lone wolf or a brown domestic terrorist? Who said I can't breathe and what was the context? I forget, shit, I'm gonna fail this test. We are failing this test, America. We are letting the fear into our bones. We are letting it boil into anger. They are cooking us alive. They've told us the recipe time and time again. How are we still in their cauldron, in their broth, acting like we think it's bathwater, like it's going to clean off the blood on our hands? Haven't we learned this lesson too many times already? Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Damn man. <laughs> Uncomfortable silence. <laughs> um do you want to read yeah, another or do you want me to read something? Um, no. Should I read another? I wouldn't mind. Starla? I say go for it. Sorry, I was pushing a dog off me. Dog off me. Dog off. I have three and they seem to think my computer is the place to park themselves. So. Mm. Isn't that a cat thing? And a 70 pound pit bull thing. Oof. Uh. Time is a funny thing. The days drag on and the weeks fly by in a blur. The years, they come faster and faster and yesterday's begin, to, yesterday's begin to compress into decades of blurred and fragmented memories. And even these eventually become debris on the wake of time's relentless march forward. I wonder what the earth looks like from the point of view of a comet sprinting toward us. Just two celestial bodies fated for collision in 20 billion tomorrows. I think about humanity in those early days, about how suddenly we went from hunting wild beasts to sticks and stones to hunting pizza with mobile phones, from gathering in caves and makeshift huts to watch fire flicker and make children to gathering on couches and living rooms to binge watch Netflix and make children. I look up at the sky at all the stars and think, how many of those died long ago and how long will it take for us to get the memo? And despite all of this, I failed to stop myself from looking down. Nothing has changed, not a minute slipped by as I sit here and fidget, awaiting your reply.
Is that about your wife or an ex? Or is that just imaginary? No, it's just about that. It's about that long time between waiting for someone to, like between sending a text message and like waiting for someone to text you back. Hmm. Like when like it's an important one, you know, like where the, you, you need to know if they've seen it even like and you know, and you know, it's just waiting. You're waiting for them to see it because it's like an important moment. Maybe, maybe it's like the first "I love you" of this relationship or something. You know, it's it's one of those kind of moments, and it's just a piece about those kind of moments. Reflecting on how how you can't even like intangible and fleeting time is, and yet, despite that. Despite the fact that we can't hold it in our hands like sand, you know, um, it's still there's these moments that drag on forever. That's what that poem's about. All right. Um, I was going to read Lord's Temple Basement, man, but I can always do that later. Um, I'm going to read a couple of small shorties. Um, from my book, holding it up with the green camera does not help, but uh, it's called no, the little, no, it doesn't. <laughs> it's one of the small mini japs that I do for Beautiful Blasphemy. Um, let, let it never be said that everything I do is purely out of the goodness of my heart, because I don't honestly think I have that. Because uh, <laughs> I started doing this thing because I wanted to write my own books. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, that's why everyone, that's why anyone ever starts a publishing company. They couldn't get published somewhere else. Yep. And uh, I stole, also, I stole a format that Josh had first used. What one? The, the format you used for your first self published books is what I used for the ones. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this one's called The Little People, and it's kind of just a random collection of musings and things. Um, so my dad is not doing well right now. Um, turns out he's an asshole. So, you know, go figure, it runs in the family. He's being stubborn about his health choices, too. Um, so I'm going to read a couple of shorties about him and my kid. This one was called Soul Blind. Daddy, why is your porch stuff gone? Because the people who own this building don't have any soul. My Sunday school says everyone has a soul. Son, there's a difference between having a soul and having soul. Same word, different meaning. Having soul means you're able means being able to see beauty, and some people just can't see. Let's see, next little short one. <laughs> All right, this one's sad, so warning. Will to live. My dad got by on the pure physical will of his body, so that was taken from him, and with that, his dignity. For the folly of his youth, he was punished with the piecework deconstruction version of his being. He was given death. If God is real, then irony becomes cruel and unusual punishment. Yet another in his family looks to be speeding towards an early 60-year-old demise, like his father before him, like his mother soon after his father. Too soon, always too soon, never now, while I rehearse his eulogy. Do. All right, now the little shorty, it's called Driven. 
Grandpa could drive anything with wheels. And then my son asks, what about that thing with one wheel? A unicycle? Yeah, a unicycle. Leave it to a child to finally find the one thing dad could not drive. All right, and this is kind of like a post note to the book, but I remember a dad who managed to navigate past two boys' chaos every morning on four hours of sleep, 70-hour work weeks, without opening his eyes until he had poured his coffee into his cup and lit his cigarette. These became the fuel of the working madman dad. This cup was his talisman of power, his holy grail. I know that may not be your capabilities now. Part of growing up is being man enough to face your mortality. However, that superhuman debt is still how I will always see you. Keep trying. And that's the end. I, I do plan on having a whole series of things about my dad, you know, dealing with watching your father die of a terminal illness, um, especially when your dad is like the type who is the balls to the wall, angry testosterone type. Like he did things because he could push through it and didn't give up. And then you see him get an illness where he kind of gives up and falls apart piece by piece. So, you know, there's crap there to be unloaded and I do it by writing. Yeah. yeah wow, that's rough, man. And, and, you know, I'm an older father compared to him. My father had me when he was 20 and I'm 37. So by now I, he would have had a 17 year old and I'm raising a son who's seven. I'm a decade off of him. And looking at the way the math works in my family, uh, if my dad dies by 60 and his father died at 60 and his mother died at 61, then the, the writing on the wall says, Ryan will be dead by 60. Um, by the age I am now, my son will not have a father alive anymore. And that is kind of a terrifying thought. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. It is. I mean, Things like that make you face your own mortality, too. Mm-hmm. Or you play stubborn and you fight your own mortality and you outlive 60. I mean, maybe I will. I, I surely made some better health choices, but I didn't inherit my father's superhuman metabolism, so mm -hmm. I'm overweight. So there's all that good fun that you could have. I did inherit his immune system, but that's what's killing him. Well, shit. So it's really cool that I'm never going to get a cold and I could carry the coronavirus and never know it, but not if it kills me. I'd rather have a cold every year. Mm -hmm. Random aside, because I relate everything to TV. If you mm -hmm. have Hulu, you should watch Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. Relatable content. <laughs> um, so Heard of in, it. Ca in case it's not obvious, I'm not the type that sits still very much unless I'm engaged in something. So TV is background noise to me. So yeah, I he's only out on so many good stories because he can't sit still well, and actually watch TV. I mean, I can absorb a series if I put it on when I go to bed, but I get half an episode at a time before I fall asleep. If I sit still, I fall asleep. Um, so that's the reason I don't have Hulu. I have Netflix because a friend let me use it. And they have Power Rangers on it. All righty. 
All right. Did you have anything else you wanted to do, Ryan? That's it for now for this turn. I'm not sure if we're going to do round three or not. Um, Starla, you have anything for round three? Eh, not at the moment. I'm still yeah. workshopping quite a few of mine. Um, I got, uh, let me see. So I do got some newer stuff um, that I could do a piece of, but really we don't, if we, if you wanted to call it a night, we got 10 minutes till the thing ends anyway. We do. I thought it was seven to nine. Oh, technically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Not... Usually it is. Okay. Yeah. We got, we got time to kill. Josh, I, guess I... I was going to say, you know, time on your hands and you're a writer and this coronavirus, surely there must've been something you thought to write in all this time. I got to I mean, Okay, I have. I'll, I'll I'll read a poem about my dead dog. You want to hear that? Sure. You need to deal with it. I've been dealing with it. That's why. Well, you can deal it with with friends too. Maybe people disconnected from the situation. Okay. I don't actually. I never. It never made it past this. Uh, this page, like I was gonna type it up at one point, but um, this is called Turning the Lights Off at the End of a Very, Very Hard Day. You were everywhere in this house. There's not a room you didn't touch. And thus there is no place in the six bedroom mausoleum to hide the silent echo you left behind. I never realized how much the leaky faucet Sounds like you drinking from your water bowl. How much a pile of dirty laundry looks like you laying on the bedroom floor, waiting for me to wake up and for the morning and take you for your morning walk. How incomplete bedtime feels now that you aren't there to hurt us up the stairs with your impatient grumbling. I never realized how quickly and completely you would steal my heart and make you make our home your home or how abruptly our time together would come to an end. And now I feel and hear you, uh, hear your absence in every place you should be. And everyone tells me we did all we could, we gave you a good life, and I know we did, but knowing that doesn't bring you back or make up for the fact that it was too short. That as much as memories hurt, it will always, I will always be haunted by the ghost of the future so cruelly taken from you. Such a sweet little dog. Not even two. Anyway, now you made me cry, asshole. It's okay, Josh, you got me crying too. Having a kid makes you suddenly have feelings. Happy thought, my dog is staring at my laptop really hard trying to console you right now. <laughs> hey, that's a smile. How about that shit? <laughs> oh, man, no, but I, I, uh, I wrote that like a couple weeks ago. Um, actually, it was, I don't know, it was the week it happened. Um, well, and I set it aside and I didn't, I, that's the first time I reread it since, uh, since, since that day. Um, well, thank you for sharing. Oh, thanks. Um, anyway, that's all I'm going to do today. So if we're all done, we could, we could kind of close up early if you want.
I don't think anyone else is coming. Yeah, I feel. Um, Starla, I would hope to see you in another one. Um, this will be up on YouTube with that link I left in the thing uh, later sometime. I'm not sure when. Um, we also have a Facebook page that Josh probably shared the link from in that group. Mm -hmm. um, feel free to look in there. You can check out books we used we wrote, which you can get a free digital copy of any book. Yeah. Even the ones Josh, not everything defenestrated. That's Amazon, right? Everything defenestrated is on Amazon. Yes. Yep. We also have an Amazon account. We've been putting some of the books together and collected volumes on Amazon. Amazon will not let us do that for free. So is there anything you'd like to share before you leave? No, I think I'm okay. Okay. This was fun though. Um, yeah. Any adverts for your material anywhere? Um, no, the only thing that I have out and about right now is um, on the WordPress page, the marathon I was talking about, my poetry is published there or one of my pieces in, is in the anthology, but. Is it under Starla or is there more to your name that it is published um, under? WordPress, it would be Starla Tipton. I can type it in the chat box. Oh, Josh, I forgot to mention, oh, you probably know this. When you stop recording on Zoom, they also send you a text file of the chat. Yep, I knew that. I, I, after I started to say it, I realized you should have already known that. All right, excellent. We look forward to hearing from you. We do this every two weeks, so in two weeks, we hope to see you again. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a friend, too, that I do poetry stuff with that I sent her the link for the next one so hopefully I can drag her along next time. Awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. And if you get some more people from the the Watsky Slamsky um Slamsky. <laughs> yeah, we have so there's um somebody started a, a Watsky uh Pamsky Poetry Slamsky um Facebook page. It, it's just, it's a Watsky fan thing. It's a thing. Anyway, um Cool, I dig. Um, so, yeah, like, so, I mean, I've been part of that, but it, like, it, I don't know, people have kind of fallen off from it, but I'm hoping we, I was hoping to pick up a couple of people. John White seemed interested, but he didn't, he, he's, he's never showed up. It's Sequence. been my experience with a lot of writing pages, though. Mm. I had a poetry workshop group at one point that we had 50 or 60 members and in the first week, everybody was posting and commenting, and then it dropped off the face of the earth. Well, I, th I think it's a combination of two things. People are really bad at committing to doing things, and writers are that more so. <laughs> mm. <sighs> I go back to the original beautiful blasphemy beginnings when we were the English Society, and the person they put in charge of us is not the person who should deal with a group of extremely chaotic individuals. Oh, but she was the sweetest. She was the sweetest person. She was nothing wrong with her as a person. She's on my favorite managing chaos too. was not her strong suit. My only, um, only thing I, I would even have any bad to say about her at all has 